Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. We are across the street and around the world. Cheyenne Hills. We are back, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us. And we are, um, yes, we are in studio. We've stayed in studio. We just are continuing on our journey in Genesis. Really, we're trying to... To, to backtrack because of our now our new technology and our wonderful tech man Casey over there and um, we're able to do some things that we haven't been able to do so this is another one of those clips that I want us to take a look at because well it explains today today it's I think there is a glacier moving down from the north that's coming right through Cheyenne because we it's cold it's mm. miserable it's <laughs> snowy snow. it's slick <laughs> No, I'm, I'm glad we do get melting. But this, this clip that we're going to see, he does explain a little bit of the Ice Age and why there's so much snow that was dumped, you know, up on, you know, in the poles and also the, uh, uh, the, the ice caps and how that was created, some major chasms. And so I think it's fascinating to hear some of these guys put these things together. So, but before we get there, really, this is right. Uh, he's talking about a lot of things, that, this clip we're going to see today. Uh, after the ark. Hmm. So I was wondering, Julie, if you would take uh, maybe uh, Genesis 9 is that that story coming off the ark, and maybe that will give us kind of a running start. And then uh, Ken, kind of give us a lead in to this clip that we're going to see. Okay. All right. So uh, prior to that, just a reminder that Noah built an altar to the Lord right after he got off the ark, which okay. I think is really, yeah. I don't know, that's just a really cool spiritual application. And yep. um, But anyway, so we're going to start in verse uh Sorry, chapter nine, verse one. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the terror of you shall be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the sky with everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea into your hand. They are given every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I give all to you as I gave the green plant. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is its blood. Surely I will require your lifeblood. From every beast I will require it. And from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by his blood shall shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. That's amazing. And so what the clip we're actually going to see, it talks about the migration of animals first across the different uh, land masses after the flood. And then he, he talks about how then man follows that. And the instruction here is, you know, man just doing what God said to do. You can, you can eat these animals and they're going to fear you now. Isn't that interesting? It's on the ark. Apparently there was no fear. He removed that piece. It's like they weren't, you know, <laughs> probably now, a good thing. Yeah. And then, right, <laughs> exactly. And then uh, they get off the ark and it's like all of a sudden, okay, he put the fear back into the animals and say, okay, man, you can hunt these animals and actually use them for fruit as long as you drain the lifeblood, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And then, um, and so man kind of follows and in this dispersion, I guess you could call it after the ark. So this clip has a lot to say about some of that dispersion. You know, just give us a running start with this clip. Who is, who are we seeing here today? Uh, this is from the uh, series is Genesis history. Yep. And this per- particular episode is entitled, what was the world like after the global flood? And it features Dr. Kurt Wise. Okay. Very good. It's a, it's an excellent clip. Take a look at this. Well, 
Well, Kurt, the conventional paradigm would tell us that we have a lot of ice ages, and looking at ice cores tells us that, oh, we've got all of these layers. That means we've got many, many thousands of years from those ice cores. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, the conventional wisdom is that there are multiple ice advances. Uh, in our model, there's good reason to believe there's only one ice motion. However, the idea is that the, the ice that's collapsing, surging out, is surging out in lobes that uh, intersect one another. One lobe would go out, melt back, another one would come in. So you've got a succession of events, but they're probably only separated by a few years. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is actually one collapse event. So that might get an appearance of several ages. Yes, there's a sequence of time, but it's not hundreds of thousands of years or millions of years. Well, Kurt, that also brings to mind the, the woolly mammoth that we find frozen mm -hmm. in the ice. So those were creatures that are post-flood. They're not creatures that were caught in the flood. That's correct. They're all post-flood creatures. They would have, in the case of the mammoths, there would have been an elephant uh, that got off the ark. There would have been diversification of elephants producing a whole bunch of series of different species of elephants within the created kind of elephants. And uh, one of those produced late in that process would have been a mammoth, a woolly mammoth. And they would have lived in Siberia and uh, Alaska at a time, again, when the oceans were still somewhat warm. It's not as warm as right after the flood, but they've cooled down considerably, but enough to support a cold temperate or slightly warm temperate climate of plants. So Kurt, after the, the, the animals and the people got off the ark, there must have been a, a rapid expansion of life. Yes, the organisms uh, getting off the ark were relatively few in number compared to the number of species that we currently have today. So one of the neat things I think is cool about the Arfaxadian Epoch is that during that period, each created kind is gonna diversify. You're gonna have one species becoming hundreds or even in some cases thousands of species in the few centuries following the flood. It's a wild and crazy period of time. At the same time, those animals are actually also spreading away from the ark. So they're following the coastlines and choosing a temperature that they like. They're crossing what is now uh, water barriers uh, because the ocean has been dropped because of the accumulation of ice. They're crossing oceans on rafts of vegetation still floating on the, on the oceans after the flood and getting to the various places on the planet. Uh, by that point also, we have dropped sea level. Uh, it's, it's a couple centuries has probably elapsed since the flood. Most animals have already reached all the distant locations on the, on the planet, and now humans move out. Uh, so the apes get there first, then the humans. Uh, so you've got this sequence that some people interpret to be the evolution of apes to humans. Well, it's not that, it's the apes got there first, but eventually the humans go to all parts of the earth, going across land bridges, but I suspect also probably uh, using ships. I mean, after all, Noah, built a ship, mm -hmm. so you've got shipbuilding ability. Noah would still be alive at that time, at the time of the dispersion from Babel, and so probably some humans dispersed by ship as well.
So there we are, guys. Gives us some an example of the 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 ice and the you know how it moved around and how some of the things maybe some of even those those major trenches were cut. I think for me, and I'd, I'd like for you to hear, hear your guys is what you think your highlight is from from that clip. But I I always like the fact that people think about um, okay, there was one elephant that came mm-hmm. off the ark, and but they they do uh, more for you know there is. Uh, not morph is not the right word, but there, there is evolution. It's just, it's just micro. It's not macro. It doesn't yeah. go from mm-hmm. species to species, species, but there's a lot of difference in that picture between an African elephant and a, and a woolly mammoth yeah. wasn't there, but yeah. there's a lot of similarities too, obviously. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that stuff's fascinating. That's what struck me. Yeah. But God allows micro evolution for animals to be able to, um, adapt to different environments. Exactly. And so. that's what the woolly mammoth was obviously one of those that migrated to the ice and uh and adapted you know and people think that it takes you know a long time i remember this is going back to my animal science years but in the um we would observe you know the swine industry i I never we didn't raise hogs we had cattle and uh, mostly cattle but i had a few 4-h animals you know hogs and sheep and stuff but and we would go to these farrowing houses and we you know i was on livestock judging and i will tell you that the as quickly, how quick they can change the type, especially in the swine industry. Mm-hmm. They can change. If they want a certain characteristic, they can breed for that and, and make changes really quickly. Mm-hmm. And what you get to see, because of the, the gestation periods are short and the, the generations are turned over quickly, and there's a large litter, you know, you can be very selective and say, okay, this, this one little pig has the traits that I'm looking for, and that will go into the breeding program. Mm-hmm. You can make a lot of... Uh, change quick. Mm. Um, but it gives you a microcosm of thinking, this is how those kind of changes can happen that you were talking about, Ken, mm-hmm. you know, whether, you know, confinement, you know, so that hogs can handle confinement. They had, they bred them to have more bone. You know, that mm. was one of the things. Yeah. Um, there's, there's many more, but even the flexibility of their, you know, they used to have these really high top pigs and think used to be, that was the thing. Mm. They bred those out because it was hard for them to get up and down on the concrete and stuff. So, um, but they can make changes quickly. And so it gives you an example that, yeah, these changes can happen. It it may take, you know, several decades, but it can happen. And it doesn't take billions of years. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you see in that video that struck you as you as you went through it? Um, I thought it was interesting. I never really thought about it, but the dispersion of people yes. about with shipbuilding, it's like, hey, I know, I thought that was you know, good. Her yeah. great grandpa Noah was <laughs> right. the ultimate shipbuilder, and and yeah, they would have probably learned that trade or or the principles of it, you know, from right. just passing down generation to generation. I've heard that even our cargo ships today are use the dimension percentages mm-hmm. uh, for the scale of those cargo ships that we have, the big vessels and stuff to to move cargo across the waters. Is that have you heard that before? Yeah, that. Uh, Ark was basically just a large floating barge, right? You know, mm-hmm. and and the dimensions are are yeah. It's like this is very, tried and true. Let's let's keep these dimensions at least in scale. You yeah, know, whatever they might be. Maybe so. the guy that designed it knew what he was talking. Maybe about. the designer. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe somebody believed that there was a designer. That's yeah. and that's what this whole thing is about. To realize mm-hmm. this this was a, a designer that really knew knows what he's talking about and 
you know, whether it's a shipbuilding or whether it's, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Real quick, did you have any takeaways? I didn't want to put you on the spot here. but Well, I agree with what you both said. They, both of those things uh, stood out to me. But also just to reiterate in what he talked about with the layers and ice oh, yeah. and how that goes back to what we've talked about previously. And just as far as the, the layers of the bedrock, that that oh, yeah. just how all of those were, they're not millions of years. It's okay. just more consistent evidence to to speak to creation to the flood and, and all of right. that. So, right. well, I'm ready for our ice, ice age to stop here in Cheyenne <laughs> and maybe some showers and rain, those kind of things, maybe some green grass, but, but for now, I don't know what day this is going to be airing, but hopefully by the time it airs, it will be spring again. That's yeah. what we're looking for. That's, so yeah, hopefully so. <laughs> hopefully so. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this little jaunt back through Genesis. We've got one more that we'd like to, to take a look at. Uh, and so I hope you'll join us for next time. Thanks for joining us today. Mm-hmm.